0: And now, Canada Hoops, hosted by Maddie Ireland.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back to Canada Hoops, episode four. It's your boy, Maddie. Glad you joined us today. we got a great show coming up. My man Dwayne Notice joins us in a few minutes. I'm really excited to have Dwayne on the podcast. I've been a big fan of his for a long time. I love his game, and I love how he's always stepped up to play for Canada when his name gets called. I just want to take this time to thank you all for the support. The response to Canada Hoops has been great. So much love to you all. I really appreciate it. Don't forget, you can find Canada Hoops podcast at Canada Hoops on both Twitter and Instagram. Follow and download us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All right, everyone, joining me now on Canada Hoops, former South Carolina Gamecock, Raptors 905, a Canada basketball veteran, host of Take Notice, my man Dwayne Notice. Dwayne, how you doing, man?
0: I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show, man. I appreciate it.
1: No, no, we're excited to have you on, man. I've been a big fan for a long time, and and your career and it has been cool to see you you grow in your in your journey, man. Yeah. Yeah. So uh I'd like to ask everybody right now, first thing first, man, how you doing with the pandemic, you know, staying safe, staying healthy?
0: Yeah. Um it's funny, my stepmom's actually a nurse. So she cool. she gets all the the I guess the the actual numbers of what's going on in each uh, region in terms of virus and in the, in the cases and stuff like that so my family's pretty much on top of it i have two baby sisters who are eight and six years old so they haven't been going to school this year they're getting homeschooled and you know we've been staying good just um, making sure we protect ourselves using masks and i only go to like three places i usually just go to my workout um or at my mom's house or i come back here at home so um, i'm not really out there in the public and just trying to stay safe until hopefully we find something to, to get us out there in the public again
1: yeah, no, that's good to hear. I mean, it's it's getting scary and uh, you know, I'm glad everyone's staying safe and staying healthy and taking care of themselves and doing the best they can, you know. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned your workouts and we talked about that uh before we recorded um uh, how the workouts going, how's the rehab, you know, how's your how's your recovery going on on your tough injury there?
0: It's good. It's good. It's tough because, you know, from the outside looking in or not the outside looking in, but the doctors and Uh, the people that I'm working with um, from Team Canada, um, you know, um, Jay Meehan, um, physio and stuff like that, Thomas Lamb, they've been telling me I've been progressing really well and I'm ahead of the protocol and things like that. But it's also frustrating because I'm still, in a sense, like I can't, I'm not 100%, obviously. Um, I can't can't run, I can't jump. Um, I've been doing a lot of stationary ball handling stuff. I'm starting to move a little bit now. I've been doing some cardio on the bike. Um, I've been shooting, you know, since I got hurt, I've still been in the gym, just getting shots up. Whether it's mobile, I'm sitting down or being in my boot or being on my scooter. So it's just kind of frustrating. I can't play basketball the way I want to, but it's also kind of cool and neat in a sense that I get to kind of relook at, reevaluate my body, um, look at how to um, best come back, and look at how to you know work on the little skills and the little intangibles, the fundamentals that I probably didn't have while I was playing.
1: Nice. So I mean, you're, you're using that time to better, right? Get yourself better.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Awesome. Um, I mentioned in the intro and it's kind of leading into, you know, this time you have for yourself now, uh, you launch, Take Notice YouTube mm-hmm. channel. Um, and I know you majored in, in sports broadcasting. And so it kind of goes hand in hand and I've been loving it, man. It, it's been a, a cool, uh, you know, outlet for, uh, you and then, you know, just to see your interviews. I, I love the last one with Kevin Pangos and I know you guys have a, a long time friendship, what's it been like to, to get that going, connect with others and, you know, share each other's journeys and, 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 you know, promote the game.
0: Well, basically, um, essentially I wanted to do this for a while, but because of basketball and my responsibilities, I wasn't really able to, I didn't have enough time allotted out the day to contribute my focus into doing that. Like you said, I went to school for broadcasting, sports, journalism, um, things of that nature at university of South Carolina. So I I majored in journalism and I love that space But, and I always knew I wanted to get into it eventually. Um, You know, I've, I've interned with the Toronto Raptors um, two years ago, um, doing some broadcast work with uh, Jack Armstrong and did some stuff with Leo. Leo went to St. Mike's. I went to St. Mike's. I've known Leo for a long time, Leo Rock, And he's always been helping me out. Paul Jones, like that. So I've been interested in it. And it just wasn't until I got injured that I guess God was like, you know, just slow down and just reevaluate everything else in your life. And it gave me more time to kind of, um, take advantage of that opportunity. And it's been fun because um, I have a relationship with so many different people. I've been blessed and fortunate to be playing basketball for a long time and be in different rooms. So I, I, I have conversations with a lot of people from different coaches to um, different players, whether it's WNBA, NBA, or SAA. So um, it's been a good experience for me to just think about recording the conversations that I have with these people on a regular basis and get it out there to the public. It's just helping me kind of perfect my craft so that when I'm done playing basketball, hopefully I can get into the media space.
1: Yeah, I love it. You're doing a great job. So let me promote that, everyone. You got to check it out. Take notice with, with Dwayne. Uh, it's on YouTube. Check out Dwayne's Twitter, his IG. Um, you know, give the man a follow. Thank you. All right, man. Um, you know, let's get into the start of your, your passion for the game. You know, at a young age, you're, you're, you're a young hooper. Did you always latch on to basketball right away? Did you play other sports?
0: Yeah, I was always basketball. Um, I have a younger brother, Marcus Carl. I go to the University of Minnesota. Um, Played football. He put the pads on. Um, He actually played soccer as well. Um, Outside of being in elementary school and playing, you know, volleyball and and uh, flag football and soccer for fun, I never – and track and field for fun. I never really took other sports seriously. When my mother tried to put me into different sports as a kid, I always gravitated towards basketball and told her I didn't want to play any sports. So from when I was like three, four, five years old going on, I've always been playing basketball only, and I think um, you know the passion started when I when I saw Space Jam uh, that came out in '96. I was born in '94, so I was two years old, and I just remember dunking dunking the basketball off of my couch onto the Fisher Price little, <laughs> and from there I just wanted to play basketball. And then Raptors were established in '95, right. um, and they gained popular. I, I used to love Damon Stoudemire, but I, I I really fell in love with the Raptors in basketball when Vince Carter um kind of came to our team and ascended and from there I just knew I wanted to play basketball but I'm coming from a Jamaican household first generation Canadian so my family didn't understand like the whole process of getting a scholarship and going to the states and the whole cliche of making the NBA is like you know one in a billion so um it was kind of like it was weird growing up like I really wanted to play basketball at the highest level I just didn't know if I could or can or how to get there but I always had that passion.
1: So who did you, uh, you know, idolize? You mentioned Damon Stoudemire and, uh, you know, Vince. Is there other guys you, you really liked? Kind of maybe you tried to pattern your game after and you just, you're watching them. Man, I love that guy. Is there other guys too?
0: Um, I think um, Alan Iverson in some way that I think, you know, every kid in, or in my generation kind of looked up to Alan Iverson, the way he was able to kind of bridge the gap between hip-hop, which I love, and just the culture of just us, and then basketball um, and just being himself and being transparent in the league. And then um, in terms of modeling my game up anybody, I used to be a huge Dwayne Wade fan. So uh, I found there was a lot of similarities in my game, especially in high school, the way we both attacked the basket, um, the way we were both kind of streakers and stuff. And then just, you know, as I got older, I just started to watch more game film and watch more athletes and just kind of just take a little bit of something from each and everybody's game.
1: Yeah, I definitely see a lot of D-Wade in your game, and I think, uh, you know, you could you could be right next to him on the floor playing the same way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, you mentioned St. Mike's, and that's a, a storied school, big tradition there. Um, now, I'll admit I'm not well versed on the high school scene in, in the GTA or whatever. I know St. Mike's is a good school, and a lot of great players played there. What, um, like what were your options as you hit high school in terms of hoops? Like, was that always the route you were gonna go with St. Mike's, or did you have other opportunities for different schools or
0: um so you know I kind of grew up in Vaughn and I was okay. I really wanted to go to Vaughn secondary. Um I played with Andrew Wiggins as a kid. We both played on the same team at St. Davis um growing up um, okay. in rep league and OBA back in the day. And I had a lot of good friends and best friends that went to Vaughn secondary. So I was really hoping to go to Vaughn Secondary. Um, it was kind of out of my homeschool, I guess, uh, region, but right. I was still gonna um, really excited about playing for them. But uh, St. Mike's kind of took heed to me. Like I said, right. Leo Rottens was kind of you know he was heavily involved the Team Canada program at the time, so right. I was working out with him. He's putting me through workouts, and he was suggesting I go to St. Mike's. And um, yeah, that's pretty much what what the decision came down to was that again, my family didn't really understand how far I could take this with basketball. So they just wanted to ensure that I got the best education possible, and that would be me getting an opportunity to go to St. Mike's because of my basketball talents. They they really um, helped me out and, and helped me get to that school, and that's the reason that ultimately led me to go to that school.
1: So, you played four years there. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of what kind of success did you have at St. Mike's in terms of you know in the provincials and whatnot?
0: Um, it was good. I've always played with the senior team from even when I got there in the ninth grade. Um, I played junior, but I also played senior as well. And, you know, going to AFSA and just doing all those things was cool for me, playing against older guys, guys that I idolized, um, that, you know, I played against in high school growing up. And it, it allowed me to grow fast because I had to, you know, I wasn't a little kid no more. And I had to take responsibility for my game, my actions, and just St. Mike's taught me a lot about accountability. And just how to, you know, work hard, even though no one's watching because St. Michael's in a basketball school. So we weren't, you know, necessarily on the town GTA prep sites all the time. We weren't always in these big, you know, the rock tournaments and all these tournaments that were popular back in the day because um, we're a private school. So we were in private school um, tournaments and private school games. So the competition wasn't as high. And um that kind of you know I could have went two ways I could have just been complacent or I could have continued to work on my game outside of just being at St. Mike's and that's what I chose to do.
1: And so did that kind of lead you to your decision to go that one year in Connecticut at, at the school yeah,
0: pretty much it was because just like I didn't get as much exposure as I would have liked. Okay. Um I ended up playing for Bounce I think for a summer or two um AAU circuit but i still wasn't generating the amount of exposure that i that i thought my value was you know set at and um f- for that reason i went to go to a post-grad school also because of my grades as well too like um my first year at st mike's I tell everybody like i didn't want to go to st mike's as an all-boys school um
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> there wasn't like many like i was like the only black kid like it was just a cultural okay. shock for me So I, I tried my, my ninth grade year, I was just really rebellious towards my parents. And I tried to like, just like basically fail out of school just so they could pick me out. Um, I wasn't like a bad kid or anything. I just didn't do no schoolwork on purpose. Like I would just put my name on it and hand it back and just get a whole bunch of zeros. And eventually the principal, like he caught on to what I was doing. And he was like, I understand you don't want to be here. Like I didn't have any of my friends there, like schools, downtown Toronto. I didn't grow up in downtown Toronto. Like I didn't know all these other kids and stuff like that. So um basically he just spoke to me and um told me if 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 I just give in that I'll, I'll make the most of it. And that's what I ended up doing. Um, but like I said, because I was, you know, kind of careless of my grades my first year, um, it had like a big effect on my SAT scores and my qualification and stuff like that. So I actually had to go, no, I didn't have to go to post grad school, but I had like going to post grad school helped. I was able to kind of um, get my marks back up so my SAT um, scored and have to be super, super high and stuff like that. And also for exposure and also for development in my game.
1: And so you go down to Connecticut, you play there and then coming out of that, you know, you're getting recruited, you're getting exposure. Um, you know, you play in the Jordan Brand Classic, mm-hmm. right? M- MVP, first Canadian to win that award. Um, playing in that game, did that really give you a lot of exposure and then schools really started coming after you
0: yeah jordan brand game mixture of that and also playing the in the in the, in the grad, i guess league i forgot what the league was called but playing against high level t- high level talent on a nightly basis whether it's brewster academy or other prep schools around there um it gave me a lot of exposure because i was playing against a lot of high quality guys that were having a lot of coaches come look at them and then when i was able to play hard and play well that's basically how i got my looks and um i remember you know usc South Carolina come into one of the tournaments, they were actually recruiting another kid, like I said, but they ended up liking me and how hard I played defense and all that kind of stuff. And I had like a really good game. And so that's when they started recruiting me. And the reason why I kind of um, gave them the, the the best chance was because Frank Martin came to my prep school and he came to a practice, um, which I felt like was odd because a lot of coaches, you know, they come to games and they come in tournaments, but he came to a practice. And when he came to that particular practice, he didn't even, like, announce himself or, like, introduce himself to me or anything. He just kind of, like, went to the practice and just chilled out and was kind of playing the background. And I guess what – well, I know what he was doing now that I'm older and um, I have a relationship with him. But, but basically, he was trying to look at my habits and practice, um, see if I attacked every drill the same way, see how I communicated with my teammates, if I was a leader or not, see if I was giving attitude or not to the coach or if I was coachable, like, different intangibles and things like that that as a kid you're not thinking about. But um, basically, I, I was able to, you know, be someone that he was interested in. And from there, he ended up coming to my house in Toronto and he met with my family. And when he talked about Miko to the University of South Carolina, he didn't do what the ma- majority of the other coaches did when I was there. A lot of coaches, when they recruited me, they told me, like, if you come to this conference, if you come to this school, you'll be like a draft pick. We'll go to the tournament. We'll build this around. We'll be a part of this offense. Like for him, it was more so like you come to the school. We're going to make sure that you're going to mature like as a young adult, properly a young good man, feel the honesty, a consistent dude that, you know, is the same every day and just continues to evolve and get better. It wasn't about like, oh, I'll promise you 30 minutes of playing time or I promise you an NCAA appearance or I promise you to get you to the NBA, which is what kind of stuck out to my family and I is that he was like extremely honest. And he was like, listen, I don't know if Dwayne's going to play or not like. Like, it depends on how he does not practice. It depends on how he commits himself. And I I like that route better than the whole political or being lied to or or being promised things route. So that's what led me to, like, um, really want to go to South Carolina. And then when I took a visit there, it was kind of like a match made in heaven.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm glad you mentioned Coach Martin because obviously I don't know the man, but when you see him, you know, coaching, you guys go to the Final Four. I mean, he just looks like a guy that you just want to associate yourself with and be around, and exactly. he, he, you know, you just want to hoop for that guy, and and he's a motivator. And I mean, he just you can tell he cares about his, you know, his team mm-hmm. and his players. Um, what kind of, you know, you mentioned the, the type of person he is, but as far as a coach, you know, you know what's he like as a leader and as a tactician and maybe a relate a relationship guy, how he relates to you guys.
0: Um, I think he gets, you know, he doesn't get the credit he deserves, especially in the media, just because I guess what they see is antics or how he, you know, he conducts himself. But for me, um, just being inside, looking in, it was just basically he's passionate about the game of basketball. Like he's super passionate about the game of basketball. And sometimes his passion comes out in different ways, whether that's right or wrong, that's up to whoever to, to, to handle themselves. But, um, for me, he taught me a lot in terms of just mental toughness. Um, you know, even if I was having good games, he was still, we, we could be up by 20, and I could not do something the right way, and he would still get on me for it, even though we're up by 25 and we're gonna win the game. Right. And as a kid, that might be like, come on, coach, like, why are you riding me? Like, we're up by 25. But when you get older, you understand that he's helping you break bad habits and he's helping you build proper habits. And those were some of the things that stuck out with me. Um, he's definitely smart, a real intellectual when it comes to his IQ with the game of basketball. He taught me a lot of X and O's, um, a lot of offense, a lot of defense. His defensive schematics are like amazing. His rotations, like I'll never forget those. Like he really taught me how to. I've always been a competitor on defense, but he really taught me how to defend at a high level consistently. Um, and yeah, like I said, just his his ability to, like you said, he's a tactician. Like he's able to really pick apart, um, you know, other teams and what they, what's needed to be done. And and he'll outwork you, and he'll out hustle you. And he was coming to practice every day. You know, short sleeves, and he was he was yeah, like he was really getting into it. Um, demonstrating, like yelling, like he'd be sweating more than you. Like he'd really into it. And um, that kind of intensity carries throughout the team. And that's why he's the head of the snake. And wherever he goes, he's, you know, always productive and he's always getting results. And, you know, like I said, the media says what they say about him. And, you know, i I'd rather someone yell at me and tell me the truth than, than speak softly and lie to me. Um, so, you know, for him to always be holding me accountable, whether I was a captain of the team at the time or whether I was a rookie my first year, freshman year, like, for me, he tr- treated me the same way. He treated everybody with respect. He treated everybody the same way. It didn't matter if you're a McDonald's All-American or it didn't matter if you were the walk-on. Like, he treated everybody or the manager. He used to get on the managers. Like, he got on everybody. Yeah. His coaching staff. And then you could also hold him accountable if he messed up, you know? So, I think his dynamic and the way he coaches is, is why he's so successful to this day.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I love it. And I, I enjoyed watching, you know, your time there, your four years. Um you know, you saw a steady improvement and growth at your time in South Carolina, um, and then you go to the Final Four last year. Talk about that tournament run and that experience, and it just—you know—you guys were sort of the darlings, and it was just, um, yeah. you know, it was that was a special that was a special tournament, man.
0: Well, what made it so special for, especially guys like myself and Darius and Justin Mackey, who are seniors as well as me. Well, we were the only three guys that originally started off as. Uh, I guess his second or first recruiting class. Like they, those two other guys that just mentioned were seniors with me, and they came in together with me from freshman year. Right. So to come in as a freshman, um, you know, University of South Carolina at the time, we had Davion Clowney, we had uh, you know other guys that played in the NFL at a high level. Um, so our school was definitely a football school, right. and. Um, we still have Sperrier there. And so, you know, they're selling out their this to the football stadium. And the basketball arena was just like, it was quiet. Like, you could hear whatever Frank was saying. You uh-huh. can hear each other. We didn't have a strong shooting section. We didn't sell out the arenas. And then to transition to my third year, like you said, every year I got better. And every year we got better. And my third year, we won like a record, like 26 or something like that games. And we still didn't make the tournament. I remember we had a whole party. Uh, selection Sunday, and we ended up being selected to go to the NIT. And we were extremely hurt. And then my senior year, I was just like, We just like, if if we're going to do it, we have to do it now because we're going to graduate. So, Cinderious um, Stormwell, who had an opportunity to go to the NBA, stayed back. And we had PJ Dozier, who was coming into his second year. So, um, and we ended up having a, a really good, a really good season. And then uh, we didn't win as many games, but we won more important games. We beat Syracuse. Right lot we'd uh i forgot i think michigan um we'd be michigan by a lot so we we were like beating a lot of teams by a lot that were like supposedly you know the power five ranking schools and um when we when i saw our name be called it was just like fate because the first round of the tournament was going to be in greensboro or greensville okay so it was like an hour and a half away from our school or it was it was close it was driving distance so it felt like a home game those first two games we played Marquette and we played Duke it really felt like a home game we had so many people so many fans so many students we had all had our families there um and it meant a lot to be a part of that ter- that process I didn't understand how powerful it was just being Canadian yeah. um, but just you know my mom took off like week that whole month of work like she came to all the games like um just seeing how crazy it was the media coverage like you said we were kind of like the Cinderella story the darlings of the, the tournament because we weren't expecting to even be there and make it that far and after we beat Duke uh we kind of all had this confidence where we're like we belong here and we're going to make the most of this this opportunity and, and that's what we did and it's and it's by far probably the most exhilarating and fun memorable time in my life in basketball and also in life as well because it just like that whole three weeks or a month or however long that that process was was just it it was so amazing.
1: Oh, that's cool. That's a great story. And I'm um, you know it should be a fun time, man. You're a young man, uh, you know, student, and then uh, you're going through this tournament. You are like you know that will be a, a time you never forget, no doubt. Exactly. So you do it four years, South Carolina. You finish mm-hmm. in the final four. You uh, declare for the draft unfortunately go undrafted and then you go to poland for one year mm-hmm. what uh what were your options at that time in terms of getting ready to start your pro career like uh were there other leagues overseas or were you potentially going to stay g-league uh you know fill me in on that
0: yeah so i was looking at the g-league for a bit um i actually wanted to play for the for the raptors five. um you know they had jay stackhouse and what have you but the agents that i had at the time they didn't want me to go to G League. i didn't get a lot of NBA workouts. I didn't go to summer league, which I thought was very odd because I was a starter, you know, one of the captains on South Carolina. I was went to the Final Four and I was producing. I averaged double digits. So I thought like I was seeing all my other peers from other schools get NBA workouts. So basically I think it came down to just the agency that I chose. They didn't really believe in me like how I believed in myself. Um like I said, I had the Raptors even hit me up and was like, why didn't you come for a workout? Like you like you're from Toronto. Like we we use bodies anyways. So I didn't have any NBA workouts, and I kind of hindered my draft process. And then um, I was in the West Coast working out, and I had a few looks. I had, like, Germany, um, Spain, um, yeah. some other leagues, too. But Poland was first division, and the, the competition, the agents felt like I'd be able to – it would be the best transition for me to go from playing as an amateur to playing as a pro. Um, and the money was good, too, as well. Um, but it just didn't work out. Like, it was a situation it just didn't work out. Like, I, I played overseas a lot. Um, especially in Canada. So language barrier isn't like an issue or being a homesick isn't an issue, but, um, it was just tough being over there, man. Cause we, like I wasn't getting paid on time. If at all, um, I was very secluded. Like I didn't have nobody else to like, you know, I didn't have someone on the team I could talk to. I didn't have like a friend out there. Um, I was in a small town city um like all those things were contributing factors and i ended up only staying like four months if that and i came back i ended up we we reached to, like a settlement um with the team and i ended up coming back home and then from there i was just working out i kind of was in a rut like i didn't really like f- like i was just confused as to why basketball like why is this happening like i gave so much to the game why is this not right. working out and then i started working out working out working out and then i did team canada Senior Men's national team and i did uh And then 905 wanted to talk to me again. I got a new agent and we made it work. And that's how I kind of went on to 905. But yeah, I had a few other options coming out of school. Um, I just chose Poland because of the competition level, um, first league and the money that came with it or was supposed to come with it. But yeah.
1: Right, right. No, that makes sense. I mean, uh, you got to give yourself the best opportunity, right? So, um, yeah. So you land 905 and I know me, uh, Specifically, I mean, I was watching 905 and, um, you know, you really, your game really grew even more. And, uh, you know, and then you come to you join Hamilton in the C E B L for two seasons as well. Um, I'd like to pick your brain on the C E B L just in terms of now we got a, a domestic pro league in Canada that by all appearances is, is run really well. It looks viable. It looks like it's going to last. I think, uh, you know, there's good leadership in every franchise there. Um, talk about the importance, man, of that C E B L and just having that league throughout Canada now to guys can come back and play in the summer, maybe play at home, you know, um, and, and keep working on their game. Just, just talk about how important that is.
0: I think it's awesome because I think, you know, for the longest time we've had um, – an extreme amount of talent in, in basketball in Canada. Yeah. And I always found that it was kind of um I wanna say embarrassing, but I always, it was I always wondered why. Even when I worked out for the draft, I was in I was in Irvine, California. And I was wondering why couldn't I just be at home working out? Why is it that we have to go to the states to give ourselves the best opportunity to compete? Right. Um, especially when we have so many talented basketball players in Canada, as you can see in the NBA now are flourishing in et cetera, etc, etc. So I think the lead did a good job of kind of harnessing those thoughts that we all had as professional athletes is why do we have to go to the States to work out to get the best workouts to get the best available this the best available that when we can do it here. Why do we have to go to the States to go so we can have better runs like why can't we just stay here if we all stayed here the runs would be competitive the runs would be good if we all pooled our resources together um, it would benefit us all in the long run as basketball players so. Um, I think the league did a did a mixture of that. You know, they gave us a place where you know you didn't have to go to the states. You could make a little money. You could stay at home, and we could play against great competition. And you could also get better because you could work out and you could see your family as well if you're from Canada. So, um, like you said, I'm excited about being a part of the league. Um, I'm excited about the support they've given me, um, and the opportunity they provided me with. Um, my first season with them, I didn't play that many games. Only a couple of games. I ended up doing a summer league with the Raptors, and I had to leave to go to Australia with Team Canada. But um, this season, I did the tournament, and you know, I got hurt my third game. But the whole process, I think, was was cool because they were able to kind of pivot and respond to COVID, which was like an unprecedented thing, and still get us to play basketball in a bubble in St. Catharines with high level talent, and the media production and everything was just amazing there. Um, so I'm thankful for it, and I'm happy. And you know, hopefully, I could help bring a championship. Um, to Hamilton soon. Um, and yeah, something I'll be playing in for a couple of years or for a while, maybe until I'm done playing. I don't know. But I just like the opportunity, like you said, of having as, as basketball players, we don't get the opportunity to play in front of family and friends that much because we have to go to the States or play overseas. So this league provides that opportunity for you as well as, like you said, staying home.
1: Yeah, it, it looks like a great league and, uh, and I'm, I'm going to support it as much as I can. And I know when they were doing the summer series in St. Catharines, you know, that was, man, it came at a great time. You know, the NBA bubble had just kind of started just after, but you guys were all in St. Catherine's playing, and, I mean, man, everyone was starving for hoops, and, um, you know, and they did a really good job, and I know there's talk of trying to put more franchises across Canada. I'm out in Calgary. You know, they're talking about trying to put one here. I hope they do. Yeah, they should. uh, Yeah, and, um, you know, I think it's important, and every every – guy that's in that league talks about, you know, man, this is great. I can finally play at home in front of friends and family. And exactly. too many, yeah, too many guys have to, you know, always put their careers, uh, you know, put their careers in motion overseas or away from yeah. family. So that that's good. Um, I'm glad you brought up, you know, you went to Australia playing for Team Canada and obviously Canada Hoops were trying to focus on Canada basketball and our Canadian Hoopers. And I just want to, first of all, say thanks for I know you played in qualifier windows mm-hmm. in Canada basketball when other guys weren't available. You always answered the call. Uh, you go down to Australia too, World Cup team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I appreciate that, man. And You know, and, you know, it talks about the commitment and the, the devotion to the program from so many guys, and you've had success both at the youth level and mm-hmm. senior level. Um, you know, what are your – you know, like so far, what's been your, and you've, you've played on some really good teams at the youth level, winning championships, uh, meddling, developing those friendships. Um, you know, what are your best memories so far? You know, and you're already a, a veteran of, of Canada basketball at a young age. You know, what are your best memories so far of playing for Team Canada, you know, and the relationships you develop and favorite teammates, you know, what's uh, what's that been like, man?
0: It's been great. Like you said, I've been a part of the organization for a long time. Um, I want to be a part of it for as long as I can. Um, It's it's been a cool experience to be a part of, just the ups and downs, but also just being a part of it. Like you said, answering every call that I get. Um, You know, the windows are such a confusing process for all of us. It was so new. But, um, you know, NBA players weren't available. And when, you know, I I was and other other teammates were. So I wanted to, you know, continue to put the the country on – on our chest and 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 on our back and just represent because i'm extremely patriotic and thankful for you know what canada's done for my family um and everybody else's family and just being diverse and everything like that but um yeah just so many memories from developing developing a relationship with steve nash which like like if you asked me at you know 13 12 years old if i would ever be able to communicate with steve nash like that would be like i would never think that was possible so just having like you know a two time NBA MVP who you know could share his wisdom. Um, he actually helped me out because I was getting oh. recruited by Santa Clara at the time, and he actually helped me out with like my decisions to go to USC, which I thought was pretty cool. Because like again, he didn't have to like give me his wisdom or give me his time um, to playing with guys like Joel Anthony, like you know somebody who's played He's with LeBron James. Yeah, like yeah. I. I Literally just have locker room with talk with him and he can continue giving me his advice. He's been through so much. He has, you know, two NBA rings. He's played for the Spurs as well. So just asking him questions about Popovich or how the Spurs dynamic was, et cetera, et cetera. Um, to, to uh, like, the, the list goes on. Like, guys like Andy Routens, um, you know, playing with, playing alongside, like, one of my, you know, some of my good friends from, from Tyler Ennis to Xavier Athens Mays to Andrew Wiggins to all these guys. Um, Kaza is like one of my best friends in the world. And just, we, we played team Canada for probably the same amount of years. Um, um just seeing the development of, of the scrub brothers or, or different things like that for me, it was just a, a, a great opportunity to be a part of. And then now being in the media space, just knowing Sherman Hamilton, uh, knowing guys like that, knowing Rowan Barrett. Um, and then now that like to see if they used to be a part of Team Canada and to see what they're doing now, just to see the evolution. Um, I think it's really cool to be a part of. Um, and like you said, the relationships, like me and Kelly O'Linick just having a big bro in that Dwight Powell, uh, who, who reached out to me when I got hurt because he tore his Achilles um, in February, I think, but he went, or January or whatever. But when he when he reached out to me, it's like that was because of the Team Canada because he was you know we got to play together. Um, a few times and so he was able to kind of be there for me and be supportive I think this is a great support system and because of the windows we have so many players and different rosters that we can kind of put together so it just makes that whole melting pot of guys just a whole much bigger and better um, Corey Joseph is someone that I look to for advice all the time and I love playing with and I learned so much from him we talked about Kevin Pangos earlier yeah. one of my favorite guys to play with as well so I have so many memories winning a bronze medal in Germany for the world, uh, the world championship. That was that was pretty pretty intense too. Just playing in Germany against Team USA. We're playing against like Marcus Smart and Bradley Beal and just like wow. Andre Drummond, all these guys that when they're younger, but you knew they're probably going to be like phenoms, yeah. um, and most of them are. And yeah, just getting the opportunity to travel the world, um, helping them qualify. You know, in Brazil two years ago, I played against Barbosa yeah. and Vera. Uh, you know, guys that I watch on TV and play in video games. So having the opportunity to to talk to them after the game and get some advice from those guys is all provided because of Team Canada and their experience and my experience playing with them. So I, I'm very grateful for the opportunity, and I'm going to continue playing until the end of time.
1: No, that's awesome. And, you know, I got a few years on you here, but, I mean, to see the program come as far as it's come in tw- 20 years, I mean, I, I got hooked on the program in Canada basketball just – really at the 2000 Olympics right in that team and and Nash and Barrett and McCullough and, you know, and then now to 2020 to see the talent we have and you're a part of that and you've grown that, um, you know, I thank you for that. And it's exciting to, uh, to see the amount of skill that's out there now coming out of Canada that we can draw on for different age levels and different tournaments. And man, it's, it's, it's exciting. And I, you know, and now we have a, an NBA window sort of yeah. schedule for the season coming up. So it it leads into hopefully a fair amount of guys being available for the, the tournament in Victoria to qualify. And, you know, man, I'm pumped and I, I can't wait to, to see how it unfolds, man.
0: Yeah, me too. I think the ultimate goal is for us to medal at the Olympics and just make the Olympics. It's been such a long time. Absolutely. So I know whoever's going to be on the team to you know, be, play and compete in BC is going to do what they have to do to make sure that we get there.
1: No, definitely. Yeah. All right, man. I, I've asked pretty much everybody that's come on the show this uh, so far this question. I need your top five Canada basketball, Canadian players, and. Put yourself in it, man. I'd be disappointed if you didn't put yourself in it. Man, I know it's a tough question. Uh you can do a six, man. You can give me six if you want.
0: Yeah, I'll probably be a six, man. So okay. if I, I mean, gotta put Steve Nash in there. Yeah. Um. Obviously. Um. Honestly, this is from my perspective growing up. So I'm. I'm gonna put in um, Carl English.
1: That's my guy, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just – a legend. I, yeah. I mean, I know he knows me and stuff, but I don't think he understands the impact that he's had on my career and my life just growing up watching him, um, making, you know, a basketball, for me, just a tangible, successful thing, just being as a kid. Um, he was able to kind of make it, like, possible, uh, make it feel like a reality, like I could resonate with him. So, yeah, Carl, Carl English. Um probably got to go I mean mm. I mean I I put Pangos in there too because Pangos like has been it. a part of the program for so long I love it um, extremely committed yeah um, plays the game the right way and like puts his country first every single time um, so that's three uh man I'm trying to think.
1: You're off to a good start. I like it. I like the <laughs> squad. I like the squad so far, man.
0: Oh man. Uh, man, I don't know. I mean, you know, I same thing with Corey. You can say the same thing about Corey with Pangos. Yeah. Like he's been by the program for so long. Yeah, um, he's always contributing and playing his heart out. Even you know after the NBA seasons and stuff like that. And then I don't know who to get that fifth spot to. I feel like I'm going to give it to like someone else. I'll probably give it to like Le'Veon, but like yeah. someone no. like that. Maybe Kyle Landry, like Kyle Landry is still playing, you know? And that's somebody who like, he's been playing for team Canada for so long. I know. He still play. And then the stories he tells me, the things he's went through with the program, he's been there since the beginning as well. So, so like, yeah, Kyle Andre I put in there. I just feel like it's so dope that he's been there for so long and he still plays.
1: Yeah, you know, I've actually uh, that's a great that's a great lineup, man. I'm a, I'm I'm with you on that. That's uh yeah. That might have been one of my favorite lineups so far, somebody said. I like yeah. it. Um yeah, I've actually come across Kyle a couple of times in, in Calgary, just in the city kinda uh say what's up or whatever. And um yeah, he's put on for Canada for a long time, man. So
0: very long time,
1: uh, yeah. Yeah, I like that five. Uh just, uh, before we wrap it up, man, Dwayne, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yep. yeah. What's, um, what's the next little while look like for you, man, through the winter? You just trying to get healthy, uh, and, uh, working on your game, anything else going on?
0: Yeah. So like, like I told my Achilles July 29th, I was fortunate enough to get surgery the 31st of July. So, right. you know, we're probably in month four or just started month four or something like that. Um. But, you know, the the protocol said originally 10 to 12 months. Okay. Um, so right now I'm in month four. I'm i preg- I'm really ahead of the curve, but I want to take my time. Also, COVID has a big you know factor on a lot of stuff that's going on overseas. Okay. I was actually hoping to sign to France. I was in talks to sign to France before I got hurt, like, during that week. Okay. Um, while I was in CBL. So I'm going to be looking to get healthy so I can play overseas. Um, again, I'm... Probably if there's an NBA G League this year, I might sign with the Raptors 9-5 as a practice player. But that's like a maybe. And um, like you said, just getting healthy. Like I just want to just get healthy to a point where I don't have any limitations mentally or physically. Um, And it's just a struggle, but it's it's a beautiful struggle every day. So just having the opportunity to spend time with family and able to get better and rehab and then work on my Take Notice show and work on just different aspects of my life outside of basketball has all been – uh, a blessing for me to kind of just have life slowed down in that way. I never had basketball taken away from you before. So like, this is a different process, but I'm um, hoping that, you know, I'll be able to help contribute to team Canada soon again. Um, whether it's the windows next year, or whether it's uh, the windows after the Olympics or whatever, but um, those are pretty much my short term goals right now.
1: I love it, man. Well, I wish you nothing but the best man and success moving forward. Uh, stay healthy I uh, just want to shout you out. Basically, everybody on, uh, find your show on YouTube, take notice. Uh, find out, Dwayne, look him up on uh, Twitter at D-U-U, take notice. Uh, man, you're welcome back anytime. You'll always be a friend of the uh, Canada Hoops, Dwayne.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it, man. This is amazing.
1: All right, man. Take care. All right. All right. That's a wrap on episode four of Canada Hoops. Much love to Dwayne Notice for coming on the show. You can find Canada Hoops at Canada Hoops Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Keep talking hoops, everyone. Until next time, I'm your boy, Maddie.
0: Thank you for listening to Canada Hoops.